All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Turn Zero Gaming Podcast, somewhat live from uh, Oklahoma and Virginia. We are back from a very, very long episode talking about the tier list of all characters uh, up until September, which was a lot. And we're back to the original crew. So it is myself, Sugi, Todd, and Chris. How is everybody doing? I'd like to sit, start by saying I'm sorry for the last episode. I'm not. <laughs> I stand by everything I said. Oh, I mean, I hold the line. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold the line. But yeah, I'm it sorry. may have been wrong, but I stand by it. <laughs> I said what I said. I mean, I, I, Winter Soldier, man, he's he needs a little love. Oh, I just want to say that okay. the Turn Zero chat has been extremely toxic about my defense of Winter Soldier, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> there will be demotions to Turn One Gaming coming soon if people don't shape up. Mm-hmm. To turn, so we're going to turn two gaming. Yeah, that's with right. Mike. That's where Mike yeah, is. That's where Mike is. Oh, womp womp. Doing and we even brought him with on exactly as a one listener himself. <laughs> 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 oh man! All right. Well, we we have a lot of content to talk about this week. We are getting a release of uh, the Criminal Syndicate, and since Todd runs his own shop, why don't you tell everybody who is listening what exactly is coming out this week, so we all know what to go and buy. Uh, let's see. This week we've got. Um, Punisher and Taskmaster, Kingpin, Daredevil, and Bullseye. All three of those kits are coming out. So there is a lot of stuff to go and buy. And then, of course, the month after that is X-Men. So, wow, there's there's a lot of big stuff coming yeah, out. Yeah, and but not only that, we got, you, we got that release information now, and it's all coming out in November together in one shot. So it's going to be four kits released in no, uh, November on one weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a lot of a lot of kits. Save your money. Uh, but we've started writing articles on the Turn Zero blog about the Criminal Syndicate. And if you haven't read them, I highly recommend you do. For this reason, we're going to be referencing a lot of things that we've already written. So we're not really going to be double dipping. So if we start talking about this and that, and you're like, wait, I don't understand. What am I missing? We, we spend a good amount of time working amongst the team to write articles about uh, a tactic card we're going to talk about, definitely called All According to Plan. We did a deep dive with Utility Cookie on like what the criminal syndicate is, how they work, what lists they work better on, some of the affiliations they like to pair with, um, all kinds of things. We did a character dive on Punisher. We did a character dive on uh, Taskmaster. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. That is not in those articles because we really want to help cover as much content as we can with the time that we have. So I definitely recommend go check those articles out. The links will be in the description below. But right off the bat, let's talk a little bit about Kingpin since he is somewhat the crux of the criminal syndicate. He's got the illicit network affiliation bonus and he is the one who kind of brings the team together really well. And I like Kingpin a lot, but I want to hear what you guys have to say about Wilson Fisk. What you got, Chris? He's a boss, dude. He's awesome. Well, I mean, he is the boss character. He is the boss character. Um, yeah. <laughs> Kingpin seems super cool to me. I mean, I haven't done a super deep dive on him yet. Um, I don't I don't know what to say specifically about him, except I look at his whole kit, and he just feels like a, a presence. You know, like he's going to get all up in your stuff. Going to be dishing out damage. He's, he's going to be controlling the flow of information, right? He feels super thematic to yeah. it. Like, I feel like they did a really good job kind of enco- encompassing, like, his brutality, like that big headbutt attack and stuff, as well as 
facilitating the, the criminal network, right? He's passing tokens around. He's making life difficult for you. And, you know, kind of goes with how I feel about the criminal syndicate uh, as an affiliation, right? They are introducing chaos into the battlefield with their cards and uh, objectives and stuff that we're going to be talking about, but they're managing it on their end. So they're making it hard for you, making it easy for them. And he's, he's the linchpin of the whole thing. I really like him a lot. Yeah, they, they feel like they're um, the characters don't have to be together to work together well. Yeah, um, like they're not. They don't feel like like the strange and the defenders kit kind of came out feeling like a, a group of characters you wanted to kind of keep in a certain proximity of each other. And these guys feel like they're designed to be able to spread out, control points, hold down their areas. Uh, and make you respond to them. Well, that's thematic too, right? It's like yeah. they're hiring a bunch of bad dudes to go, yeah. you know, take care of business. Yeah. So, and I think that's really cool. I think that's a neat way they, they integrated that into the game. Um, I've also heard some stories about uh, some guys who've been testing them. Uh, and evidently that affiliation bonus is everything that we think it might be and a little bit more maybe, mm-hmm. um, which is – Pretty interesting. The ability to pass tokens, a built-in mission objective, um, seems like that's going to be really, really big. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm. Well, don't hmm? don't forget the other half of that, and that's a big thing that I thought was insanely stupid was the fact that one of your characters counts as two, mm-hmm. which means if your opponent wants to cap a point and you're healthy and they're healthy, they have to put three characters to stop your one character from scoring. That is, like, mathematically, that's stupid. But just the presence that you're able to board control and bully people either off of points or from capping points. Like, so we were talking about this uh, amongst ourselves, and I think we brought this up in an article, but you can do stupid things like bring out-of-affiliation characters, like, for example, Ant-Man. And if you're playing like gamma shelters and your opponent for some odd reason leaves the bat gamma shelter open, he can just fly over there and cap it and they can't do anything about it. Or he can run over to any point on the map and just show up and say, okay, you've only got two guys. I'm me. You get no points. Ha ha. So like in, in combination with being able to move tokens around and just show up and bully objectives, I love this affiliation because it's exactly what I want as a control player. Yeah, and and the other thing about that is too, like you talk about just being able to like move and steal a point. Like you can technically do that now, right? The thing that these guys can do that other affiliations can't is move to an objective that you're contesting with one character, and not only stop you from getting the points, but they gain the points. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, you know, I like to build teams around the blue objectives. Um, Meteors is one of my favorites, and I know there's some discussion back and forth on not, whether or not these guys work for it, but there, there are plenty of others that are fun to play. You know, Gamma Shelters is a big one. They're, they're going to be strong on any of those secures that require healthy characters to be around to contest. So um, I think they're going to be super fun. And the affiliation is pretty wild with the characters it gets, you know, like adding MODOK to another one. Throwing crossbones in there where he might be good or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, you know what uh, blue secure. I think that they may not like as much is uh, demons downtown 
mostly because flaming portals yeah. giving incinerates. Well, at least you only have to give beings. it to one character instead of stack two or three on there to yep. test it, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. No, ab- absolutely. Like of all of the affiliations, the criminal syndicate suffers the least because, like, I'm thinking about whenever I play spiders and I see the demons downtown, I'm like. Why, why, why is this happening? And of course, with criminal syndicates, even worse because you have to you have to keep all of them off of points because one of them is all it takes. And even I mean, it's it's such a neat affiliation because in my head, all of the affiliations we've had so far are very um, like attack, defense, they're very dice interactive. So, you know, like, you know, spider friends, rerolls dice, spider foes, rerolls dice. Uh, I mean, like Wakanda, rerolls dice, Cabal gives you power. All of them are, are very built around your ability to attack or use superpowers or whatnot. And then we had the Guardians of the Galaxy, which interested me because you could turn your tactic card into a different resource. And I thought that was neat. Unfortunately, they're not doing well competitively, but that kind of... Uh, game design intrigues me because they're trying to do things outside of the standard. All right, reroll attacks, reroll defense, uh, get more power, get less power, get a discount, blah, blah, blah. And now we have Criminal Syndicate who feels like a much better fleshed out version of what Guardians was trying to be, where they have the ability to influence the board state. They have the ability to move tokens around. They are present everywhere without necessarily needing to be everywhere like you have to respect their ability to pressure and threaten attacks uh capping points denying points all kinds of fun stuff and it's just amazing because it's not reliant on your dice it's reliant on your ability to pilot the affiliate the affiliation uh properly and i think that's that's amazing i'm so excited to see how people use the criminal syndicate to either be, you know, board bullies or a, an aggro list or a tanky list or a control list. Like there's so many different ways to build out starting with Kingpin. And I'm, I'm so excited because it's, to me, this is like one of the freshest affiliations we've had in a long time personally. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it's cool me- that like you were saying, like mechanically. their presence is what's threatening about them. Right. Just the fact that they're there is is the impediment. It's not that you're worried about getting sniped from out of range or something like that. It's just like they're there. You got to deal with them. Yeah, I'm super excited for them. I'm. I think they're going to be a different kind of like you were saying, Sugi. I think they're going to be a different kind of control list, and I think um, they they make some characters that are already really good even better. Um, Cough, Modoc. Modoc, Vision, like Vision gets Vision. on a point yep. and says, "You can't move me." Um, like that's that's pretty hard. You're gonna be hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think Ant Man becomes one of the best point snipers in the game inside of Criminal Syndicate because if he just sits somewhere safely in small mode and you don't deal with him, if he goes dead last, the Criminal Syndicate player can be like, "All right, what do I want to deny?" And you just show up. Yeah, den- deny or steal. Yeah, or or and that's the that's the scary thing. If you don't have three people on that point, I deny it. If you have one person on that point, I steal it. What are you going to do about it? And realistically, like if you do the math on average, most of the time you're looking at what five, maybe seven characters in a list, and we're talking about the seventeen to eighteen, nineteen ish, maybe eight max. Yeah. If you have five characters and one character sitting on a point. 
you can't allocate three characters for one victory point. So are you just going to give it up to the criminal syndicate? Like they're, they're almost taunting you at that point. Like, Oh, I've got five. You've got five, but realistically I've got 10. Oh, that stinks to be you. Ha ha. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to get them on the table. Yeah. That's personally. Um, and, and I think this is a, in a time where I've been playing so much web warriors right now, I, I look at this faction and I'm like, I feel like web warriors is still pretty good against them, mm-hmm. but I think they're, objective choice like the the set of objectives they're going to pick are going to be so different from what the spiders actually want to play on that spiders might not be that good into them well and part of the thing with spiders was that you could move one character if there were two on there and contest and deny them points now you got to work harder to get them completely off a point so they they have that little bit of an advantage going in there where you got to control probably two people instead of one yeah. in order to flip a point. Yeah, and, and that's going to be interesting. And go- Goblin is also part of the criminal syndicate, right? Is Goblin? Yes, he is. So, like, now all of a sudden there's Peter another Parker. place that Peter doesn't feel as good into, mm-hmm. possibly. Um, and I think I think this affiliation is going to see a lot more play than, say, the Spider-Foes. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I think... Now Peter might not feel as good to play, especially if Goblin's got somewhere else he feels like a bigger threat. You know what's even worse? Remember that Venom Blast that was really good on Miles? You know who can pretty much nullify it by keeping their pieces close enough to each other? Criminal Syndicate. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that was... Oh, oh, Miles! Oh, Miles is coming! Okay, we're, we're just going to pass it off. And Miles goes, seriously? Into the backfield? Really? Yeah. Why? Why did you... Oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with you and your Venom Blast... But that's my good attack. Oh yeah, I, I know. I, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Well, um, one of our one of our local guys had been testing uh, those guys out on TTS, and he was talking about the ability to transfer off those those uh, extract tokens and how much how powerful that part of that affiliation is. Um, like the game he was talking about, they were playing on um, hammers, and, and he was playing <laughs> he was playing Hawkeye with the. Uh, with a syndicate. Oh my gosh! Uh, hammers and on so, Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye had three hammers by the end of that game. Yeah, just pass them I off to the dude did. in the back rank, shooting people for yeah range. from range five. <laughs> you, you know what's really really funny? I've actually been speculating about this internally, but uh, I think Groot goes really well in here because you can bring uh, cubes and you stick the cubes on Groot, and then he heals all the damage, but he soaks all the all the yep. victory points, and and it's even worse. So he sits on the back point, he gets all the power. He heals himself, and then if they have the nerve to get close to him, he throws a We Are Groot, or an I Am Groot, and then he can throw a We Are Groot to heal everybody else, and you're just like, uh, this doesn't feel really good. Oh, God. We Are Groot is not affiliated? No. Oh, Jesus. Didn't even think about that. Oh, that's gross. I I have been (laughs) waiting for We Are Groot to become a thing, and I'm 100% sure that it's going to be super disgusting in Criminal Syndicate, just because it's like... And that's a range hey, four, hey, right? It's, it's within range four. Yeah. Yes. And then yeah. they, the transfer is range three. Sure. So you kind of want yep. to play in a loose bubble anyway? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a thing there. There's definitely a thing there. So I think the biggest thing that gets me excited, and we're going to have to get off of this and start talking about the cards, but um, for me personally, and I think this might actually work with tandem and uh, with Chris, but um, we're both big facilitators and fans of affiliations or new updates that create a 
new opportunity for older models and cards to become playable. And Criminal Syndicate, in my mind, is the first big one to say, hey, you can put a lot of different things in Criminal Syndicate and get value out of it. For example, Groot, he's got seven health. He can pay two power to remove three damage. Uh, crossbones, you can sit crossbones on a point, throw him a bunch of hammers. And I mean, you can do um, Ant-Man to go and cap points. You can do Hawkeye to just mess with people. I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities to just create a unique and different list depending on your play style, your favorite characters, what you're trying to do with this list. Like it, it empowers so many things and it just makes me so excited because it's like, man, Criminal Syndicate could be the most variable affiliation we've ever seen. Because some of them are kind of uh, pigeonholed, you know, like Cabal you can't really play control because their affiliation literally needs you to attack to gain power and Avengers, you know, you need to spend power on superpowers to get value. So if you're only attacking and never using superpowers like Nebula, it's not as great, but the, the Kingpin just kind of shows up and he's like, Hey man, I'll hire everyone. I'll give you some money. You do what I tell you to do. We're going to get this thing done. And I'm like, so rejuvenated on like, you know, hey, we can play a Groot list, we can play a Crossbones list, we can play a Hawkeye list, we can play Killmonger or Loki control. I mean, like, so, Hela. Hela can be a tanky queen in this list. It's so goofy how many things you can do. Vision, Vision is a great example. Like, you could just put things into the Criminal Syndicate and it's like, all right, let's see what happens. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, one of the first really plug-and-play affiliations. Um, the only character that we have not mentioned that does not get any better with this would be Winter Soldier. But no, <laughs> like we even said, Crossbones gets better here, but we didn't say Winter Soldier. See how that went, Chris? See what's happening? His sphincter's puckering right now. I can see it on his face. <laughs> Just gonna let it go. I'm gonna let it roll off. Just let her go. Okay, I I am going to counter this argument and set up a. Uh, a transition point, but some of the new cards we're going to talk about that are coming in these packs, I do think actually make Bucky a little bit better. Oh, I personally no. I mean, even, even the Winter Soldier <laughs> fanboy is like, well, yeah. I think the value on his card speaks for itself. I mean, if you want to use some cactus cards on him, you know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need it. No, he doesn't. And nor do you want to waste them there. Waste them? How dare you? <laughs> What cards are you talking about, Suggy? Uh, so one of them I think is pretty interesting. It's called Cruelty, and it's a criminal syndicate reactive card. And it says, if an allied character damages an enemy character with an attack during its activation, after the attack is resolved, the attacking character may spend two power to play this card. Um, there's a lot of other things that happen, but essentially it's a range five, five dice mystic attack. So one of the strengths we talked about Winter Soldier was his ability to pepper people from a long distance. And I believe, personally, that you can do a plug-and-play. I like, I like that word, Tom. I'm going to steal that from you. But I think you can do a plug-and-play uh, pepper affiliation where you're bringing ping characters that want to deal little bits of damage, like Winter Soldier, from distance. You want to bring, like, Winter Soldier or Hawkeye Bullseye. or Bullseye. And so, or even Punisher. 
And so what you're doing is you're using your affiliation to sit on points and bully people while you pepper them with little bits of damage. And so by the time you get to like round probably three, maybe two or three characters, are like one health off of being dazed. And you've pressured them just enough where they have to commit to med packs or healing abilities early or else you're going to be able to snipe them down. So at this point, they've probably blown a med... You're hoping that they've blown a med pack or a field dressing. And so you can bring out the cruelty card and you throw out an attack. You pay an extra two power and you use twist the knife to uh, get that extra damage in and you, you daze someone. And then you can use um, someone like Bullseye to commit and then get extra damage guaranteed. Or you can use Punisher to blow up terrain to get the extra two damage. Or um, There's another card here called, um, well, it's not called, um, what's it called? Where am I looking? Uh, heavy Ordinance. You can pay two. And the explosive keyword is what I think makes this amazing. Anyone within range two of your initial target suffers one damage. So you have all of these little cards that just add up over the course of time. And I think Winter Soldier being able to sit on the back point or uh, even a midpoint and just start shooting people from, you know, range five. And then you go, okay, cool. Here, use Heavy Ordnance and blow people up or use him with Bullseye and uh, twist the knife to just daze people. I think it's a good long-range pressure bully list i don't know if it's competitive but i think it has merit well i even have to play devil's advocate here because i want to push winter soldier really hard and i think that winter soldier still has cool tricks like hydro tactics i like red fury as an attack i like all this stuff however with a card like cruelty like you're you're banking on chip damage to then follow up with a third attack out of you know out of turn essentially um to finish somebody off right there's a lot of characters that that would be good on. You know, it, it might even be better on somebody like Rocket Raccoon because he's shooting five dice at five range. It's obviously thematic for Bullseye because he's doing automatic damage, all this kind of stuff. So, it, yeah, it probably works on Winter Soldier, but he's still rocking a four die attack. There's probably characters that it's better for. But I do like that you get a five die, five range mystic attack for two. That's a third attack and an activation. To me, that's yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest part. It's like a third action in a turn. Um, that I, I think that's the value in this one. Um, it's a little. It's hard to take attack cards. Yeah, it's, for me, it's really hard to take attack cards personally. Like I, I don't like really like taking them that much. Uh, and there's an interesting line on both of these new attack cards that um, is kind of interesting, and it kind of keeps me away from them. Uh, the part where um, you cannot modify its attack dice. So, like, you can't use any kind of rerolls. You can't use any kind of abilities that the character has to fix dice. Like, you only can take the results of what you get. But I, I've been in enough games where somebody's surviving with one health to get med packed yeah. up where it might be useful, especially sure. if it's Mystic and it's at max range, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, like, don't get me wrong. This is probably one of the best ones that they've printed. Mm -hmm. Um it is criminal syndicate only. Mm -hmm. um, if it was unaffiliated, that'd be awesome. Uh, but since and for it's only two power, that feels pretty good. Too. Yeah, and for two power, it feels pretty good. Um, the the criminal syndicate doesn't look like it's super power starved, right? But it definitely wants power. So the ability with these cards and some of these objectives, I think they want to play, is going to limit how some of these cards are going to get played. Um, because 
they're they're probably going to want to play on more uh, like the the smaller objectives, right? The ones with less control points, um, and that that means they're probably not playing on the power uh, objectives like um, uh, Infinity Formula stuff like that. I mean, they could Infinity Formula might be a great objective for them. It might, but I mean that's the thing, right? Like, but this is all theory crafting mm-hmm. at this point. We're trying to figure it out. In my head, I feel like they want to play on stuff that is like higher impact. Yeah, they want to play like Gamma. Feels like it would probably be a good spot for them. Um, although personally, I want to see him at 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see him at 17 and 18 point more than at the 15. I think they get higher value there. Um, but like, that's the thing where like if, if they can play on those power objectives and don't feel like they're spreading too thin to cover multiple objectives, this is probably a great card. And, and, I know we're going to talk about these a little more individually, but it's nice that a lot of the cards that are coming in these packs are one or two power. I mean, I think only one of them is at three, and that's the only kind of suspect one. Yeah. But the rest of them are one or two, which makes them feel accessible. Or ten. Right. So, like. But that's the the odd man out. And and that one. Yeah, but Todd made for a great segue here. (laughs) What's that? So, Todd made for a great segue, and I, I love this card that we're about to talk about, but. Uh, I wrote an article about tactic or uh, all according to plan. So I want to hear what you guys have to say because I, I spent a lot of time just kind of harping on just how nasty. The, even if you don't play this card, that's the thing that makes me so excited. Like, this is like, I feel like the criminal syndicate should be called the pressure syndicate because it's like, I don't have to do this thing, but if I do, it's going to hurt real bad. Don't you know? Yeah, you follow that. I mean, I don't. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's all you got? We're doing a podcast, man. <laughs> Did you hear what he just said, though? Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't you know? Don't you know? Don't you Don't you know? Hey. Anyway. All right. So your thoughts on uh, <laughs> all according to plan? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a game-turning card. It's it's well worth the power cost. I mean, there's so many different scenarios where it's, it's useful that it's hard to, like, for me, at least, to pinpoint where it's going to be best used at. But stealing priority is huge, right? Like, there's a lot of lists that plan on having priority. We've talked about Widow Bomb. There's now the p- potential for a Punisher Bomb. Now you've got two characters that you need priority on to make them go off. Mm-hmm. There's times at the end of a game you might save this card till turn six and steal priority so you can evacuate a token and win. You know, there's 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 so many different applications for it, and it's online relatively early. Like turn two, maybe yeah. is a little sketchy, but you know, three, four, it's probably online. And there's some lists like I can think of off the top of my head that are are, are just primed for it right away. That want that activation. They would want to come at you really hard, like especially with a, a, an affiliation with Modoc in it, right? Yes. Like, if you're sitting in a position to doomsday chair someone and you need to get it off or you're going to get wiped or something or you're suspecting you're going to get wiped, why not just take the active, well, take priority and go ahead and doomsday chair some people? Well, and I think because of the character that you mentioned, MODOK being part of this affiliation, I think this thing's online sooner. I think this thing's online as soon as turn two. Because hmm. um, MODOK is just a generator of power. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it can be online turn two for them. Um, I, I think this is a game-changing card, yeah. personally. Um, 
it's like you said, there's so many applications where you can actually use it and get so much value from it, whether it's evacuating a token before they kill somebody or whether it's um, getting a getting a, a second activation of a character, but one behind the other, because you'll finish up the end of, let's say, round two um, and you'll activate MODOK, right? Well, now you have the ability next turn to go first and activate MODOK again right behind himself. Um, that was the thing that we did with the way we adjusted the BDT play that was so effective was being able to back those Thor activations up back to back. That's what made that list so good. Um, and this is a card that lets you do that at any point in the game if you can pay for it. Or, or what about like, let's say you're in a position where you go with MODOK. You start off paying the 10, you go with MODOK again, then you all you got MODOK. Yeah. I mean, that's three MODOK activations in a row. I don't think anybody's living through that. Yeah. No, it's insane. Um, so there's a lot of value there. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that card in particular. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that. I feel like that card's worth 30 bucks. <laughs> it might like, be. Like, we'll, see, we'll see how many games Like, to wins. me, that card is worth 30 bucks by itself. Bro, don't do not do that. Don't turn this into an FFG game. You, you shut your mouth. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. It's not going to be X Wing where you have to buy the hundred dollar ship for the C three PO card. Whatever, it's no. got Kingpin you, in the pack. You're going to you, buy it anyway stop, for Kingpin. Stop! You're a bad man. It's thirty dollar card. <laughs> it is I mean, probably it a thirty dollar card. Be. You know what? That's a great way to sell Kingpin. You you pay thirty dollars for the card, you get a free Kingpin model. Yeah, yeah, and you get this cool objective. Oh boy, yeah. I, I want to tackle this one. I think this. So as we've talked in previous podcasts about like our play style and what we're looking for i like being the joker character the more chaotic the board state is the more fun i'm having because it's a higher opportunity for people to make errors it's a higher opportunity for people to get tilted it's a higher opportunity for just rng to swing one way or the other and if you can kind of mitigate that and there is a card to do that uh, you can give yourself an advantage and win games. So there's a new 16-point objective called Mayor Fisk Vows to Find Missing Witnesses. You play on map C, and for those who are imagining, like, what is map C? Imagine the map. It's a square. Imagine gamma shelters, where it's a line from top to bottom. Now rotate that 90 degrees, so it's a line from left to right. It's just three points, one in the middle and one on the left and one on the right. You place two witness tokens on the points near the board edge. So one on the far left, one on the far right, nothing in the middle. And uh, all kinds of really terrible things happen, including moving the witnesses around. Uh, characters within range one of a witness suffer a damage and gain stun, which is just bonkers. Uh, you do gain two victory points for each witness you are securing. So this is really nice for the criminal syndicate because they can show up and if your opponent isn't prepared, you can just get a free four victory points and I think that's gross. Um, Speaking of you know, horrible things happening, uh, like that description of the, the map layout that you just gave, <laughs> it's just deadly meteors without the middle. <laughs> there you go. That's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um, that took like five seconds. I think it's pretty interesting because you're you're automatically dropping the witnesses. Then your opponent gets to put them within two of wherever they drop off of the character, and it does one damage to everybody within one and gives them stun. 
So you can use this, like, say you give somebody the two, like, or, or they get away with it, but they're in a group of teammates. You can drop that thing right in the middle of them and potentially stun and do a damage to three different people. I mean, that's pretty cool to me that you can use it against people in that way. Yeah, so, and, like, I used to harp on Avengers. Kind of going to harp on spiders for a little bit. Um, spiders could actually group your opponent up off of this, this objective, score it, and then it could be moved to that other group. Now your opponent gets to move it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, no, no. Your opponent gets yeah. to move it. Oh, it's it's almost like a it's like it's like webbed up, but not because webbed up gives everybody a slow. This just gives everyone a stun. But I mean, can you imagine? Like, you know, who really doesn't want to see this card is <clears throat> as Guardians <clears throat> Hulk. Uh, any character who generates multiple power because getting a stun token during the cleanup phase and then going into the subsequent power phase is like, wait, no. Yeah, that's true. That's a good, like that's almost a good counter pick against Asgard. Yeah. Or strange in the gym. Yeah. Cause he's like, I get two power <clears throat> cough. No, no, you don't strange. He's like, wait, what, what? Yeah. You can have these two victory points. I'm just going to stun all of you next. Yeah. Time. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's pretty honestly, in my opinion, for people who are generating multiple power around, it's almost a stagger because if you don't shake it, you're paying so much threat to have that power generation that you're not getting. Like you have to shake it. You have to just turn that off. And it's like, cool. You don't move and attack or attack and attack. Or, I mean, you could choose to keep the stun. That's fine by me. I, I'm totally okay with that. Sure. Yeah. I played a few games recently where I've let a stun linger just because I don't oh. see it that much. And, uh, it felt like I needed to do more than just shake it, but it's pretty brutal. Like it really shuts you down. Um, I had it on a Doctor Strange, and then I just felt like I had to keep doing stuff with him with his activations, and then he just slowly got whittled down because he couldn't heal himself or <laughs> roll extra dice or anything. <laughs> so, um, it, it, especially hitting a whole team with it, or you know, even two or three members of a team with it, is pretty brutal you know who also likes this ping damage we're gonna keep talking about bullseye but i mean todd is a big fan of ping damage because you know we come from destiny uh, even magic the gathering like being able to put little bits of damage over the course of a few rounds it adds up people kind of it's like that uh, frog in the pot you start to turn the the water temperature up a little bit by little bit by little bit and by the time they realize it's too late, like you're boiling in hot water and you're like, oh, no, what have I done? And most people are like, oh, I took like four damage. I need a med pack. If you, if you only do like one or two damage, they're like, oh, I'm fine. I took like one or two damage. And then you take another damage from this and then you take a damage from, you know, that. And then, you know, Bullseye just runs up and he's like, I'm going to deal a guaranteed damage. You're dead. And you're like, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah, there's also other applications, too, um, where you can move this into somebody and stun them. Because you know you're going after them to try and daze them or KO them. And then they're only going to gain one power from those next attacks you lay into them as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's there's other applications uh, aside from just minor ping damage where, like, this, this could be... This is a way to use tokens to actually set up your plays going into the next round. This now can make tokens actually a weapon uh, and, and a useful weapon in the game. Not, not just how the game is won or lost, but also how you get to that win or loss. I mean, it might even set up a play where you steal the uh, priority token the next round. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, Chris and I are on the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. I love you, man. I was about to say, so what's interesting to me, and we talked about this in the article as well, uh, the criminal syndicate, unlike 
other affiliations is, in my opinion, super heavy on combo plays with cards, which are crisis cards, tactic cards, and all kinds of little finagling things where you can do exactly what you said. You do some ping damage, you set them up, you let them score some points, you hit them with the stun, then you play all according to plan, you just pound them into the ground, they don't get a bunch of power, then you can use all according to, uh, all you've got on top of that if need be. You can do a Widow Bomb, you can do a Punisher Bomb, you have all of these really potent opportunities and your opponent just has to sit there and wait at your mercy to trigger it off because they don't have the ability to control when you want to go off. And to me, that's a scary thing sitting across from someone who can just on demand go, uh, it's my turn. Modok's going to go. He's going to go again. Uh, I guess, you know, Doom Prophecy, why not? And some other things. And also you're stunned. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm again like I, I'm kind of at a loss for some words on it because like I've I've read the cards, I've looked at this stuff. Like I just want to get it on the fucking table now. There's just there's a, there's a lot of variables and there's a lot of different ways to play all of the yeah. cards too, which is like kind of baking my noodle right now. Yeah, like <laughs> most of these cards are so flexible that there's not one like linear play you see with it, right? Like I felt like we saw gamma wa- uh, gamma launch, right? We're like, what do we do with gamma launch? How do we make this the most effective? Oh, I know. Throw a Thor. Yeah. Um, like, and that, that was, and it stuck, right? Like, we, that's where it went. And, and Gamma Launch is still a good card, but its main priority is now getting a character into something. But a lot of these cards have so much flexibility, they're going to see play on a bunch of different avenues. And I need more cards in my hand than five at this point. Yeah, really. Or or some restrictions so we can play within some confines because now there's so many. It, it's weird that we're all of a sudden getting three packs of cards that feel like they're going to shake things up this much. Yeah. Like, like this is, this is, what are we getting? Six to eight cards. How many cards are we getting out of these three? Like we're getting an, I, I don't even know how many cards we're getting out of these three, Yeah, but I could see taking neat, like five of these cards as a hand. Yeah. It's, it's really going to change things up because so far we've had, you know, three to four super highly defined cards and almost every, you know, set of eight that we're running, you know, you got your med pack, your field dressing, your patch up, your brace, that kind of stuff. Like now you really got to think like is survivability the only thing I want to be packing in my hand or do I need some utility? Cause there's a lot of utility cards now. Yeah. There's a lot of utility. Isn't that a good thing though, that we're about a year into the game. X-Men is obviously the big release to, you know, celebrate the year length of the game surviving COVID. But Before that, we get one of the most – Todd, I think you just really nailed it. Plug and play is probably the best way to describe them. Do you want to play aggro? You can. Do you want to play control? Absolutely. Mid-range? Yep. Tanky? Uh Uh-huh. Do you want to, like, run down the field, grab tokens, and spread them out? You can. If you want to bully objectives and just sit on them, you can. Uh, If you want to do combo plays, if you're that kind of player, you can. Uh, If you want to do like control, you absolutely, there's like at least two different variants of control I can think of. I mean, it's almost empowering any kind of person's play style uh, other than like Winter Soldier I can think of. And it's just, it's, (laughs) I'm sorry, Chris, I had to. But I mean, like, think, think about it. When was the last time this happened where a affiliation came out and you're like, Hey, if any literally anyone can play this however they want, and you'll be fine. Yeah, th- uh, I, I'm uh, I'm more excited for this release than I was for the Defenders release. Oh personally. yeah, me too. Um, this one this one seems like it's gonna have like I can actually see building a ten man roster with this as my only affiliation. 
and having options on how to play it in every in, mm-hmm. in all the different styles. Um, and I haven't felt like that really with any affiliation where I thought like, uh, this is the only affiliation I'm going to take and I'm not going to have any options other than this. I can see doing that with these guys because of how many options yeah, they have. Yeah, you play them in so many different ways. Yeah. Well, I think Web Warriors really quietly shook things up like because they were such a different play style. Defenders were really highly anticipated, and I'm not sure as of yet if they've really shaken things up. I don't know if people have figured them out to the point where they're defining the meta or anything. But Criminal Syndicate is now going to come in and shake it up even harder, particularly because of the cards that are coming with it and the variety of characters in the affiliation than Web Warriors did. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that Defenders did because, like, and part of that is because the affiliation is taking some other older characters where Defenders is building a whole new roster of models that need to come out. Like, Yeah. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, um, out of Web Warriors and out of uh, the Defenders, there weren't many tactics cards that came out that you were like, I'm going to put this in my eight. Yeah, besides what, like all webbed up? Maybe all webbed, webbed up, up, maybe webbed web up. barrier in some cases, right? But that's only two cards. I don't cards. like that card. Some people like it. Uh, I mean, and I can see the plays with it. Um, it's not in my eight, but um, all webbed up absolutely is because I'm playing I'm playing um, Spider Friends. Spider Friends, mm-hmm. yeah. But like that's one or two cards, and you're trying to squeeze those in. There's like four cards coming out in this one coming up that I want to squeeze in. Yeah, and all I, right, I so don't know where I put them. I've got a card I want to talk about, and it's called Shadow Organization. When I read this card, my jaw I like squeaked in my my room. I'm like, wait, I have to read this. A second you mean time. that one There's where no you stealth to your entire team? No, no, it's. <laughs> Better than stealth because stealth is range three. This is range two. So during the power phase, now that is somewhat restrictive because you have to do it before you can do anything. But during the power phase, any number of allied criminal syndicate players may spend two power to play this card. Enemy characters must be within range two of characters that spent power to target them with a taxis round. Like straight up nasty. You can also use this for maps where you're sitting on the outskirts and you're just capping points. You're like, oh, I'm going to play Shadow Organization, so you really have to get in my face. So hilariously, unfortunately, but uh, it turns off long-range shooters like Winter Soldier, Rocket Raccoon, Hawkeye, um, you know, all these range four, range five characters. All the characters that I like to play. Shuri. I know. It also shuts off Shuri. Oh, Shuri. Shuri. Like, that's Shuri, huge Shuri real bad. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think Shuri being cut off is probably the biggest benefit of that card for the Syndicate. It hurts uh, Vision's beam four. Uh, yeah, I mean it does, but like I feel like you can still put that. You, you like to get up in people's face so it reaches through multiple targets too. Yeah, so I can see that not being as affected by it, but like it being able to shut down Hawkeye and Shuri are probably the biggest two to me. Well, and there's been a lot of value up until now in playing ranged characters because they're safe. Right? Yeah, like I that's why I like to play the ranged characters because I get the play around on the outskirts and make it so you have to do work or spend power to get to me. Now you're going to turn the tables. Yeah. Like now I got to come to you with these, with these relatively weak range characters for the most part. Like most of them are like three, three defense on everything. Yeah. Winter Soldier, like Winter Soldier, they don't want to walk up in your face and shoot you for four. Well, he's not going to walk up in your face and shoot you anyway. He's, you know, four die roll. Oh, that's right. He's going to hide your tactics into you. And then Red (laughs) Fury. No, Winter Soldier's fine. fine. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's but not. you know your rocket raccoons, your hellas, your yeah, you know even all. even opponents Modox. Yeah, Modox is now got to get in range. Um, like, I, and he doesn't want to be in range of those physical attacks. No, <laughs> I mean, granted, Modox going to move, shoot, and then move you away. But 
but it, it is going to make him use his turn differently, right? Yeah. Uh, and that and that's the biggest thing. You're trying to – that card impacts action economy really hard. And, and if it's timed right and played in the right scenario, it's really going to mess with some action economy. And that's another one. You know, there's been plenty of games where I've held on to secure objectives and then run to the back. Yeah. Like, that's a good time to play that card, too. Now you can't just shoot at me while I run away. you got to come get me. Yeah. I guess, and in, in speaking of long moves and running away and hiding from people, another card that works really well with that is this uh, Extreme Conditions. Extreme Conditioning. Extreme Conditioning. Oh, yeah. Conditioning. Whatever. Uh, it's got Spider-Man doing uh, some push-ups for Taskmaster with a uh, washing machine full of bricks. Like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> In the rain, like that's that's probably very my, sad. Like aside from the text, <laughs> which is my favorite part, that's my second favorite part. Taskmaster <laughs> just got his arms crossed. He's yeah, like, he's like what do a, it more. <laughs> Ten more, son. Ten more. Yeah, I love the fact that there's a tube TV on top of the dryer full of rocks. Like he just had to make it as heavy as possible. Yeah, you can definitely tell they were they're basing this in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh but real quick so it's an unaffiliated reactive card um so anybody can use it uh so that's pretty baller uh but what it does is even better uh when a character begins a move action during its activation it may spend two to play this card uh if the active character advances it may use the long movement tool during this movement pay two move long i mean we're paying three and moving along on ghost rider right now and that's pretty cool yeah uh, and this is anybody. So like, Venom, Venom, Crossbones, 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 Modoc, Kingpin, Kingpin, Modoc, yeah. Moda. Yeah, you, you thought Hulk. that the, you thought Red Skull was scary with his ability. Oh no, no, extreme conditioning on Modoc. Long move to the face. Womp womp. Is this better than Gamma Launch? It's since it lets Hulk move himself. Maybe. Like I mean, ooh. Well. So the only the, the difference is this takes an action. True. So but like, you're already moving. So. Yeah. So it, it does take an action. So I don't think it's better than Gamma Launch or say Mothership or something like that. Um, but it's the fact good. but the fact that it allows you to make that kind of movement on some of these characters who we felt were restricted a little bit by their movements before is amazing. It, it opens up the game to almost every character. Yes. Right? Like. The characters that were tier four. Now you have to bring a little crutch card. Like Crossbones has now Ouch. got a little little crutch. Yeah. A little Oliver crutch. Please, sir, may I have some mole? Yeah. You know, and he's but just he's working there. his little crutch, but he's getting there. He's getting there. Unlike Winter Soldier, still doesn't make Winter Soldier better. No, but he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's tier two. <laughs> Crossbones is tier four. I mean, for me, anytime you get cards that impact movement, um, those are the first ones that I want to look at trying to fit in. Uh, I, I think anything you can do that can net you movement or net you the ability to move out of turn are huge power plays in this game. I think this one is equally as huge. Um, this one's gonna. This one's gonna see play. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to use it too. Just you know, it's not just a facilitator for slow moving characters. It's also cross battlefield, go, you know, contest an objective. Yeah. It's also. You know, reach the back point and hurt some weak person, Wong. You, know? you can also use it with charges. Um, so that extends the range of a charge. Like, there, there's a lot of use in this card. I think it's going to definitely see some play. I really think it's going to be the crossbone special, man. Because, like, I know I've said many horrible things about crossbones. Uh -huh. And his family <laughs> and all the people he knows. Yeah. Him personally. But if I can bring a card that makes him 
get into the fight, that was the only problem he had. Like, yeah. Now he can actually move up there and get shot in the face by energy. True. <laughs> he can. And then pay one to reduce it. If he has power left after spending two. He also gets to punch someone after he moves along. Uh, maybe. If there's anybody within two. I mean, it might it, it might be the thing. Well, we'll have to pay attention to that because I'm really curious <laughs> on how people use this because it will get used. Oh, yeah. And I definitely think Crossbones now has life. Oh, yeah. Like, I definitely think he, like, he had life being in the syndicate. Like, we, we joke about him. We pick on him. He had life going into the syndicate anyway. This gives him a lot more life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will be interested to see how he's used. I will not be using him personally. Uh, but I, I, I won't on principle. I've <laughs> oh, already established oh, oh. that I'm a hater. Yeah. Okay. And Merzane has continued to, to push the Winter Soldier slander. Um, so you're going to continue. So I will do it as a vendetta against him. Just, get, <laughs> just, just hold the line. Yeah. You guys should have a fight on TTS, Winter Soldier versus Crossbones. Let's do Ooh. it. Let's do it. I mean, okay. that sounds like a match. That, that does sound like a fun match. So what's interesting about extreme conditioning, we talked about this probably maybe Q1, Q2 of 2020. And uh, I believe Todd was the one who brought this topic up, but he was saying – because uh, we were we were talking about long movers, I think specifically Black Panther, and you were bringing up the the fact that any character that has long movement has a significantly higher threat range and a significantly more potent ability to affect the field of play, just because of the fact that they can move much longer distances and out of nowhere show up that short and medium movers can't do. This card allows you to on demand create that threat when it needs to exist. Well, I, actually, I should, I should I should change that statement. The threat is always online. You get to pull the trigger on when to create that pressure play. And I think that with characters like you know jokes aside, but like Crossbones, he didn't have the proper delivery like you had to commit to drop off which needs two characters you had to commit to eating him with like a hulk which you probably don't want to do there were a lot of weird little check marks you had to like knock off on your checklist and with extreme conditioning it's just an easy hey one card one character on demand if i don't use it on crossbones i can use it on kingpin if i don't use it on kingpin i can use it on modok or literally anyone else at any given time and again we go back to that pressure play where your opponent has to sit and look and go uh if my opponent uses extreme conditioning they can get me but if they don't they can't but i don't know if i want to commit because then they could do x and y and so there's a lot more processing on the opponent side of the field just because that card is sitting in your five and you're just waiting thinking I can use this whenever I want. And my opponent has to figure out where and when they want to commit. And then you go, okay, cool. I'm just not going to use it now. I'll use it next round. Or if they don't commit, you go, cool. I'll use extreme conditioning and you made a mistake and I'm going to capitalize on it. And it's such a pressure heavy tactic card. And I love it. I think it's perfect. Well, the proof of concept is already on Ghost Rider. Like anybody who's played yeah. Ghost Rider has used that ability to move long in a game at least once, yeah. if not more. So we, we already know how effective that long move at will is. And and on a long base, how much that actually covers. It's right. insane. So, I mean, we know that the, the power is very good, and now it's available to everybody. Yeah. For one less. 
one power less. Yeah, a and, 33% and if I'm not mistaken, um, doesn't – you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to actually test it. You guys continue. Uh-oh. I'll be right back. No, Hello. no. I'm scared. I don't know what All he's right, doing. Uh, the next card I'm interested to talk about. Yeah, he's Todd's going to go do math. Uh, let's talk about a fun card called Climbing Gear. Uh, I think the most exciting thing about this card is not the text on the card, but the fact that it is a picture of Moon Knight. Yes, he is coming. I, and I hope he does hope crazy so. stuff. I hope I he hope has so like too. two personalities. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, only, I'm a big fan of Moon Knight, so when I saw this card, I'm like, I don't care what it says. It's a picture of Moon Knight. My only Hooray! issue is that it costs three, and I guess for people who don't know, Climbing Gear is unaffiliated active. Any character can spend three to play the card. This character gains Wall Crawler until the end of the round. This character immediately advances short. So both of those things are useful. Whether or not it's useful for three, I guess we'll have to find out. This is the one kind of outlier in the set of cards that came out that I wasn't really sure of because it's three power. Um, but you know, obviously being able to move around, uh, terrain is helpful or over terrain and getting a free movement out of it. We already know is worth at least one cause we play Avengers assemble. So whether or not, you know, paying two to get the ability to climb over stuff on top of moving is worth it. So there's another tactic card called tactical analysis. And it says it's also unaffiliated and an active. And it says the active character may spend two power to play this card, choose a different allied character within range three of the character playing this card. The chosen character may advance short. So I know that these two are probably going to get compared back and forth. So tactical analysis allows you to have one activated character move somebody else out of active, out of turn short climbing gear allows any character to play this card and they immediately advance short so you can target yourself well i mean like you can target whoever you want and there's no range discrepancy it doesn't have to be within like range x or y it does cost one more power but you also gain wall crawler and i think that's important because there's been a lot of games where you like double move long or double move medium to get to a point you score it and then you really, really want to move away like just a little bit so that your opponent is just out of range of an attack. And I think climbing gear is really great because tactical analysis, if you're going deep into the backfield, you probably aren't going to be able to really help your teammate, A, because you have to target somebody else, and B, they're probably out of range three. And with climbing gear, having the wall crawler means you could potentially jump behind a piece of big terrain and, you know, block some line of sight there's a lot of practical applications with climbing gear it, it is a little bit more expensive but i absolutely like what it does i i don't know if i'm going to play it in my list specifically but i do like the fact that we have a better i think tactical analysis probably drops off i mean like i i don't know many people who play that right now and with climbing gear coming out i think climbing gear probably takes that slot if you're looking for Short movement, uh, I think the wall crawler and self-targeting really seals the deal personally. I mean, it could get you back onto a point, too, uh, potentially. If you from a push. Off from yep. 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 Yeah, that's or true. something like that. So I, I, there are definitely ways to use it. It's just whether or not three is too much or just right for that. I think it's a little too much, maybe. I think two is way too good, personally. Yeah, I think if it was uh, – th- I think the reason it's three is because it's also giving you wall crawler. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess you get to move back regardless of where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, it's funny. It's another anti Shuri card. Yep. I mean, is it, would you pay three to get one victory point? Like, uh, that's absolutely. The worst case. I would. I would. Yes. 
Yes, I would. Yeah, and in certain scenarios, that one victory point might be the difference between winning or losing. True. Also, think about it. If Shuri spends her entire activation to move you off short, I'd happily pay three power to invalidate a character activation. Yep, true. If, if a card literally says, pay three power, nullify X character's activation, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, so in that context, it makes much more sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's really good. Um, this one is probably an outlier for me. I don't know if this one makes my eight personally, um, but I definitely would not fault anybody for making it into theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this card also is another card that gets a lot of value in the criminal syndicate. Um, again, a lot of the characters that are in the syndicate, we know already move short. Um, Crossbones is short. Kingpin is short. Modoc is short. Um, two of those are heavy hitters that are almost in everybody, going to be in almost everybody's criminal syndicate lists. Um, so they definitely benefit from this card. Crossbones is the outlier, but we know he's definitely going to have more play now um, mm-hmm. because of tactics cards and the new affiliation. Um, so, But he also gets value out of this card. Um, and I have a you, question for Chris. Go ahead. Does this work with Wakanda Herbs since you're the herbs guy? Yes, it would. Yeah. Ooh. I, I would, I would yeah, assume this would work. It advances you short. I mean, it only restricts you to one movement, but this would be outside of that. Yeah, so you could do this out of, out of your turn. It's true. Could be useful. Might, the fact we, that it's short might not. I mean, it would get you out of harm's way. So that's possible. Yeah. There's already been some strategies coming out with the Wakanda herb, too. I just, I still don't see why anybody would want to try and complete the herb. It just doesn't seem <laughs> worth it. If that's the only thing you're going for. I mean, if that's your thing, man, more power to you. Have fun with the herb. But like, you're, you're just. It's four points, man. It's good. Yeah, it's great. How many times you scored it? Uh, well, I stopped playing it. Way back. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> I tried to make that work since uh, yeah, I wonder Guardians why. came out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so uh, that that feels like a dead objective to me at this point. Like, I mean, people are making it work. Joey makes it work. Eh. I mean, is it? I mean, I mean he, he it. plays it. He, he plays wins with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he has. He hasn't beat me with it. But, I mean, and I guess it's play style choices, right? Like, I don't want to talk about Wakanda Herb. <laughs> I, just, I just really don't. Well, why don't you talk about acute senses? Um, yeah, I got them. Ne- I don't question. know about that. Uh, oh. right, not so beers, sure. That's for sure. All right, so um, acute senses, another unaffiliated active card, uh, and this one is during a character's activation, it may spend one power to play this card. Enemies do not benefit from stealth superpower. And this character ignores line of sight when attacking this activation. So this is definitely a bullseye card. Yeah. Like, yeah, clearly. I that's, mean, any any ranged character. Yeah. Ignores line of sight and removes stealth. So, I mean, that's like the preemptive shut down the Widow Bomb or go kill a Black Widow 1. Yeah. Or Miles. Or Miles. Or get out of my face, Miles. I know you're coming to Venom Blast me and we'll shoot you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of your shit, Miles. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're venting. That's all right. It's okay. Cr- Chris, Chris can this. hate as much as he wants. <laughs> like swimming. Yeah, this is another one that's got some cute tricks to it. I don't know how much I would actually take this personally. Um, I can definitely see the value in it. Uh, I, I really like Bullseye to begin with, mm-hmm. um, but I think his base attack ignores line of sight anyway. Yeah. 
So like this card, most of the characters that you would want to use it on don't really care about Linus. Yeah, and Haw- like, like like and Hawkeye can ignore Linus. Ignore it. Like I don't I don't know why I would actually take this card. Um, I mean, and, you would need to. It would need to be a meta call, right? Like if Widow Bomb suddenly becomes a thing. Yeah, or if or if Miles is super active in your area, maybe it's something worth thinking yeah. about. Um, but, but I mean, it's for one turn. So, like, so then just, you gotta put just everything so you know. into him for an entire turn. Yeah. So just so you know, Bullseye's throwing knife defender does not benefit from cover. Doesn't benefit from cover. Mm. Yeah, same difference. I mean, oh, <laughs> come on. No, the no, the, no, the line of sight difference. thing is is interesting to me because it matters sometimes, but it doesn't matter all the time. Like it depends on the setup of your board. Yeah. Like there's a couple maps in in tag here that restrict. You know, removing line of sight would be huge. Like the Colossus one. Yeah. Because there's just so much crap in the middle of the board, and then others where it doesn't matter because you're just fighting across an open field anyway. So. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to put it in your eight, I feel like it would need to be... It'd probably be decided by your map. Yeah, like your local map and meta. Yeah. Actually, even yeah, I was going to say... Right. Like, if you know the map of the week or something, but then you got to carry it in your eight for how many weeks to maybe use it once. Yeah. So I, I think Acute Senses goes up and down in value based on the current meta because Acute Senses is a really great way to vaporize miles with the right character. Uh, yeah. Venom Venom Blast is still a very legitimate threat, and if he's right out of range three, and you're like, I have range four attack, no, you know, looking at Doctor Strange, Vision, like there's a lot of characters that have really strong range four attacks, and Miles can just kind of skirt right outside that line, and you're like, I need to kill or at least hurt this character for one power, you really can't ask for more. Now, if the meta is not sporting a bunch of stealthy characters, it probably drops off significantly. I mean, like, Black Widow 1 and Black Widow 2 are a thing. I think Miles is the main problem with, like, stealth that you would really want to play this card for. Yeah, I would say Miles and Widow 1 are probably the uh, the main offenders. I, I actually think Widow 2, I think Widow Bomb's about to become much more popular because with Criminal Syndicate, you can on-demand Widow Bomb that you couldn't before yeah. because you can just play all according to plan. Like, you That's can on-demand say... Sink. it It is, but if your opponent does something goofy where they have, like, three characters in range three, you can just go 10 power to nuke him sure why not yeah i mean I, I i can see it being a thing i mean we were we were we were some of the guys who started that thing and here i am being like man <laughs> but like it was i i think it is a thing but i think widow 2 is the biggest offender because it it nullifies her ability to just go grab a point and hide um and, and that's that's where she's really good at the thing with the widow bomb is if you make it through the bomb like, and you can come out the other side. You're fine. You you can live. Like you and you can bring that game back. Uh, but widow, like Miles and Widow, two, Widow one, um, they are just trying to score points and hide from you, interact with the field when they need to, and get away the rest of the time. Like those are the characters I think that get hurt by this the most. But we also just had a card come out with the defenders that does something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the name of that card? Mark for Death. Mark for Death. So, like, you've got a couple options for ways to handle characters with um, with stealth now, um, which is cool. Uh, it's neat seeing these balance kind of cards come out. But the the problem with the balance cards is, is like you said, so you like it, it's got to be a medical. So if, if you feel like it's going to be a high volume of that, then you need to take one of these cards. 
this one probably gives you better value for what it does than Mark for Death. But I think Mark for Death is also well, really Mark good. Mark for Death is just a straight assassination card. So that one is two ally <laughs> characters that were within five of the same enemy can spend one each. So it's one more power. Yeah. You have to have two characters within five. That's not too bad. But then the character loses and cannot gain stealth. Its speed becomes short and it can't modify or reroll its defense dice. Yeah. <laughs> You're done. You're done. You're going um, down. So, I mean – I, arguably, Mark for Death is a better card for doing that. Yes. For, like, if you want to kill Miles or something like that. Yes. Um, plus, on um, on Acute Senses, only the character that played it gets the ignoring light of sight. Yeah. So, it, it almost feels like a double-up card that yeah. you would almost rather take the other one for a specific purpose of assassinating a stealth character. Yeah. What else we got, Suggy? All right, we have one last card, and then we're going to go to our favorite segment, which is answering questions from our awesome listeners. But we have a heavy ordinance, and I think this is a Punisher card. So it's an unaffiliated active. Any character may spend two power during its activation play this card. Uh, you only get dice from crits. You can't uh, modify, uh, modify attack dice during the attack, blah, blah, blah. However, it has a keyword called explosive, which is why I think this goes great with Punisher. Before damage is dealt, other enemy characters within range two of the target character suffer one damage. The attack is range four, six dice. It's For, for two power, it's not too bad. But my big thing is the explosive guaranteed ping damage. Uh, we wrote an article about the Punisher using Warzone with Bullseye doing ping damage and then having Heavy Ordnance do ping damage. I'm starting to see a combo team where you can just go in one turn super heavy on guaranteed damage. Like round one, you move into position. Round two, you you know stick a few pieces of damage. And then round three, you can use Heavy Ordnance or Warzone or I Never Miss and you get that guaranteed damage to turn off characters. And because your opponent can't roll any kind of dice, it's so nice to just say, that character, for two power, takes one damage. No no responses. No nothing. He's just, they're taking a damage. Deal with it. And, and you technically get to roll some dice in an attack. I just love the fact that this is based, in my head, this card basically says, pay two, pick a target character, anyone within range one, or anyone within range two takes a guaranteed damage. I'm, I'm down for that. I don't even care about the attack. I'm, I'm fine with this free damage. Sure. I, I kind of like this one bullseye myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ma mainly because you can't modify any of the dice. Um, but you still get his I never miss affiliation or yeah. power on it anyway. Yep. So you're yep. guaranteed to deal. If you get him in a cluster, you're guaranteed to deal one to everybody within two. And you're still guaranteed to deal one to the person who you targeted. Um, so, like, yeah. That's not a bad attack. It's full, <coughs> but it is six dice. Which is six you dice is pretty good. Don't gain odds. power. Don't yeah. gain power from it. Well, and and you shouldn't. I mean, it's it's an attack off of this card. But, I mean... If it's in Cabal, you do. <laughs> and if it's in Cabal, you gain quite a bit of power, right? Wouldn't you? Would you gain one from each character you're damaged additionally? From the explosive? No, because that's for no. attacks. Oh, darn. <laughs> it's also before damage is dealt. I think you have to deal damage with your attack oh, from well. Cabal. That would have been pretty good. Oh, you're not right. Interesting. I was fishing. I was yeah, fishing for trying. one. Yeah, I mean, same problem with the other attack cards, right? Yeah. But but it is an extra attack. It does have the potential to do more damage than Cruelty, which we talked about earlier and, you know, thought we kind of liked. Yeah, well, but this one, like, so the difference between this and Cruelty is this takes one of your actions. Cruelty gives you... Oh, does this take an action? Yeah. This so, does take... Okay, so I'm reading Red Skull. It says, each time an allied character 
damages and an enemy character with an attack. Oh, with After an the attack. attack is resolved, the attacking character gains one. Huh. I, I is this know. an attack? Are you sure? I think it's an effect. An Player may use this attack listed. Once this activation. Yeah, once this activation. That doesn't mean it takes an, an action. Yes, it does, dumbass. No, what? <laughs> this character may use this attack. So, yeah, they so can the use the attack once, once during this their activation. Yeah, they can use this attack one time during their activation. They it, still have two a, other It's an actions. extra attack on their card. So the difference between this and uh, Twist the Knife is it says you make the attack immediately. So mm-hmm. you can do first action attack, second action attack, reactive, play the card and get the extra attack. Right. Oh, Whereas because this, it's active? Is that what you're saying? No, because well, it's a third no, no, attack. No. I'm calling it. <laughs> Chris just I made a ruling. Ruling. Chris is just changing the game. You know I, what? You know who this is really good on? Winter Soldier. I refuse to be wrong. Yes, it is. It's perfect. I'm Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, but re- regardless, I, I sincerely think that having a list, I don't know if it's competitive by any means, but I think that having a list with the opportunity to deal guaranteed damage is scary. Because I if your opponent's not paying attention or you set it up properly, you can get just enough damage in to get kills or KO, or I'm sorry, dazes or KOs right underneath your opponent, and they're like, oh, that stinks. Yeah, I I think it's going to be good. I I think it's got enough pieces to kind of come together and do some really gross stuff. Um, That's actually what I'm looking at doing as soon as this stuff comes out on Friday. I knew you were. I knew you were going to do a pink damage. damage Yeah, man. I don't like rolling dice. Can I do it with Web Warriors? You know know who doesn't like this card, in my personal opinion, is Defenders. Because I'm a big proponent that they have to get kind of grouped together to get maximum efficiency. And this card loves people running around in little two and three model crews yeah. trying to roll up on people and punch them. And you're like, oh, here's here's some heavy ordinance. Ha ha, have fun with that. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah, poor little Wong just takes it in the face. and. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll have to remind me, did we talk about hired muscle? We didn't. We should. We have been saving that for the oh, very my end. Bad. All right, sorry. I think hired muscle, now I should, I should say this up front, I don't think this is the most powerful card. I think this is the most interesting card. Just Due to all the crazy, stupid things you can do with it. Um, I think this card is crazy busted. Good. I look forward to using this card. The trick with this card is you have to actually build your objectives around it to use it because it only works on civilian tokens. You should probably tell people what it does. Well, you tell them what it does because you started the conversation oh, about okay. it. Okay. So it's a picture It's a picture of Rhino and Bullseye threatening Bullseye some... Bullseye bullying someone. Yeah, and Rhino lifting a hot dog pretzel cart i guess anyways so it's an unaffiliated for a pretzel active i could go for a hot dog uh so it's an unaffiliated (laughs) active tactic card any character may spend one power to play this card so another one power tactic card which is great each civilian token within range three of this character is placed within range two of its current position are you serious? <laughs> it's especially <laughs> like, good now because there are so many people in TTS playing that 19-point civilian yeah. objective. Yeah. And the new um, – the new whatchamacallit, the new objective yeah, I Mayor think is Fisk. civilians. <laughs> yep. Those are civilian tokens yep. as well. Um, is there another one? What about scrolls? I'll look it up. Are scrolls civilian tokens as well? And also you have spider infected. Mm-hmm. Are those civilian tokens? I believe they are. Um, like all of a sudden this game just got crazy if that's how that all works like that card like you can if you start building your objectives around the citizen tokens in conjunction with this card 
you're going to be able to do some dumb stuff. Yeah. I have an answer to your question, Todd. Yes, sir. Yes and yes. So this now affects four. secures and extracts. Yeah. Four different. Four different objectives. Crises. Yeah. Actually, Crises. I think it's more important that it affects both colors than That's what I was saying. Secure and extracts. Like, yeah. That's yeah. massive. This is... This might be one of the best control cards we've seen printed. I think it is 100% one of the best control cards we've seen printed. <laughs> um, and if you can space this right with somebody with a large base, you might be able to affect more than one secure token because mm. it's range three of their base. Yeah, range three is a lot for that. Yeah. One power. You know who's a large base? MODOK. And who's in affiliation? MODOK. Yep. Well, and this card's unaffiliated, so... Like, I know. This can play with spiders, which is disgusting. I don't I don't want that to happen. Please don't tell people well, that. Well, guess what's going in my eight? This is Redacted. one for sure going in my eight. <laughs> I, am, I am editing that. I don't want people to think about that. Yeah. If this is a criminal syndicate, it'd be good. The fact that it's unaffiliated makes it, like, tier awesome redonkulous, like... Oh my goodness! This is one such a good power. Card. One one power. It's pretty. So let's say pretty crazy bubble for one power. So let's say you know I'm who playing. Loves this card? Let's say you, you know you know what's been the biggest thorn in the spider's ass this whole time. Hmm. Vision. <laughs> so let's say you got vision parked on a civilian token. Damn, I can't pull you off. I guess I'll just move the damn token. <laughs> like that's that's one instance where I can think of how good this card really is. Um. And not only that, if they want to control that um, token going forward, it's effectively a stagger because they have to move back to the token next turn. It's true. Well, well, hold on. Usually civilians you pick up, right? Because like right, scrolls, you pick up the agent. Not uh, with spider the, uh, infected. Uh, which the 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 other ones are they all red or which one's the blue one? Mayor Fisk is the blue one where you place them after each round, but oh, and they move by themselves anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Mayor Fisk moves naturally. Your opponent gets to move them, but like spider infected scrolls and then citizens that are citizen tokens. They're are, all those three are red. Okay, those are red that you pick up, so you can't like strip them away from somebody because they've already got them. Other than the blue one. Other, Other than, than the blue one. Yeah, yep. that one you can absolutely do that with. And that makes sense now as to why they space those out on the outside edges and not one in the middle. Because otherwise, a large base could affect two. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that makes more sense as to why there's only one blue citizen and it's only two tokens. Man, if we could only get a way to recur tactics cards. Oh, no, 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 because med pack would get just infinitely played. Please, no, no, no. So, yeah. Um, but no, I, I think this card's amazing. Um, like, the number of times that citizens oh, drop. God, I just thought about a list because goblins in Criminal Syndicate, if you put Ock in there, you get Weldlay Plants and Hired Muscle. Oh. oh. You drop all your tokens twice. Wait, Weldlay well, Plants <laughs> is not Web Warriors? No. It's unaffiliated. Oh, my God. You just need Ock and Goblin. You drop all your tokens and then just come to me tokens. Everybody drops all, all – the, the opposing <laughs> player drops all their tokens and then they roll and take damage. And just come to me tokens. And then just, just come, come to me. Come to me. It's oh, like that, it's so like that Chappelle show, Rick James. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the five fingers say to the face? Set it up! Unity! So you potentially have like two <laughs> – <laughs> Two cards to make your opponent drop all their tokens if you're playing civilians. Yeah, right? Like, that is the best Rick James skit. Like, that's Chappelle's best skit, in my opinion. Is the Rick I don't James know. The Prince one. one was pretty good, too, though. That That's true. That is pretty funny. Game. But Rick, Rick James Blouse. is great. <laughs> all right. Back back to the show. <laughs> Cracking. Oh, no. Cold-blooded. All right. Uh. I, I think... 
out of all of these cards that we've been talking about, the the coolest thing, and I can I know it's a an audio podcast, but I can literally hear the gears turning in Todd and Chris's brain. I'm assuming similar things are happening to people as they listen to this podcast. And I think that this release is probably going to be healthy. I hope it's healthy for the game. I hope it's not too oppressive. But the fact that we're looking at these cards, and I'm pretty confident all three of us are thinking about completely different lists, but using the same resources, is fascinating. Because we haven't had that before. And like... It's it's just mind-boggling to think about all of the different pieces you can plug and play. The characters you can move around. Uh, like Todd was saying, you can have 10 characters in a roster, and your opponent has no idea what you're going to pivot to. You can be aggro, mid-range, control, bully, board bully, like so many things. And what's even fun, more fun, funner, is the eight cards in your tactic lineup can also be similar where... They have no idea what you're going to bring because you can pivot so easily from one style of play to the other. And on top of that, we talked about this in the article with All According to Plan. You can use that to pivot from early game, controlling points, soaking power, getting set up, and then round two or round three, you play All According to Plan and you pivot to straight aggro and you just go in on your opponent. And you start letting them have, you know, you start throwing hands, you start letting them have all your superpowers and your attacks, MODOK to the face. And I don't think a lot of affiliations have the ability to just pivot so quickly on demand. And I think that's really exciting because, once again, a lot of people want to do things on demand. And it's somewhat hard. Like, you can't really pivot into full aggro with Web Warriors. It's just not how they're designed. Um, you know, with Criminal Syndicate, you can do that. Absolutely you can. And I'm fired up to see. I, what excites me the most is seeing the community take these resources, take these tools, and do all kinds of really cool and crazy stuff with it. Yeah, I think the TTS League is going to get really interesting. You know what I mean? Like, um... We're going into our last week on the TTS League, and after this, we'll have Top Cut, and I'm not sure if they're allowing um, roster modifications to allow these guys, but god damn, I hope so. Like, I want to see some of this stuff played out on some, like, on some higher, with some higher skill level players really making some tough choices and showing what some of these cards can do. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it here at the shop. Like, this, this is, like, the fact that these cards have so much play coming out of this is as exciting as the models that we're going to start getting. Um, and and I, like I, we said it before, but I think this is probably the best spread of tactics cards we've seen come out with a monthly release that AMG has put out. Mm-hmm. And like, if this is where we're at, like at 11 months into the game, like what the hell is going to happen next month? <laughs> like X- when X-Men. the X-Men drop, man. Like the X-Men already look cool. Like we haven't seen anything else that they've got other than like a couple characters so far. And everybody I've talked to is like, yeah, I'm in on that. Um, so like if, if this is where we're at, where are we going, man? Like this is this is crazy. I'm super excited. Ready, Captain? 
I'm ready to take calls from the public. Okay, okay cool. Oh shit, it's listener question time. Oh boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> Was that the segue I, you wanted? I can't tell if you're excited or sarcastic. No, you wanted you wanted my I don't know. Uh, should I do it again? <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're All right, fine. Cool. You're fine. All right. So we have a couple questions. We are back from the ghastly 1700 million hour recording where we didn't get to talk with any of our listeners about their questions. So if you're listening to the episode, you have a question you want us to read. Uh, definitely check us out on the Discord channel. Shameless plug. But we do want to interact with our community, and we want to hear what you have to say. So our first question comes from Bry. Pulling the podcast competitively, is it better to dual affiliation for better coverage against opponents or better to single affiliation and bring along characters and tactic cards to be able to move around and be more flexible for the crisis and the opponents? So uh, your thoughts on your ability to pivot based on your roster and your tactic cards. Well, I think we touched on that when we were talking about syndicate, right? Like I think before you took an affiliation because they had a certain strength that you wanted to have in your roster. So if you wanted a control, you probably lean towards Wakanda or spiders. If you wanted aggro, you lean towards like Asgard or cabal. So like you were picking a faction for a specific task and that's why you wanted dual affiliation. I think with criminal syndicate, like we've been saying, this might be the first one that feels like you can really take it and flex any either direction you want to go. Um, at least that's my opinion. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that that's right. I still think there's value in mind gaming a little bit because you can't play people heads up in TTS, obviously. Like, you're not getting reads on people. And they get access to your roster before right. you actually sit down and play. So there's value there in having a fake out, even if you never intend to play the three-character affiliation. Like, you know, you put three Asgard characters in there because – they might fit in your main roster or they might just be fake out and you're planning to play the same five to seven characters all the time. Like, Are you saying I'm faking people out with my Asgard? No, that was me. I, I, actually, was, I absolutely am. That was me. Okay. Well, <laughs> we, we think the same. Um, so I think there's value in that. And sometimes you, sometimes you need to pivot. You find you need to. Like maybe you want to play spiders all the time, but you have a bad matchup. You know, there's there's value in that. Sometimes it can psych you out, which is a risk. But at the same time, like, I think there's one you should be real comfortable with. And then a second one that is like a backup plan slash fake out. And it's worth having both of them in there. Yeah. But with Criminal Syndicate, you may just bring the whole group to the party. You know? Yeah. You just be like, whatever, man. What are you playing? Yeah, I'm going to play this. <laughs> if it says Criminal Syndicate <laughs> on the card, I'm bringing it. Yeah. <laughs> You know what could happen once we get Enchantress? You could see an Avengers splash into Syndicate because Loki, Thor, and Enchantress go real well into Syndicate. Well, that's Asgard. Yeah, but that could be your secondary splash. People go, oh, are they going to play Asgard? Well, you said Syndicate. You said Avengers. Or Avengers, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm derpy. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Asgard into Syndicate, not Avengers. I don't... I don't think Avengers works as well. They, I guess they could. I'm not loving that. Yeah, I'm. I mean, uh, I think Spiders goes well into Syndicate as well. I think it's good to give your opponent something else to think about. If they get to laser focus on what they know you're going to play, they they have much more opportunity to come up with strategies to beat it. Yeah. Versus having to account for a couple potential yeah. plays that you make. But and, and again, that's to the strength of the Syndicate though. Um, they they can have one affiliation and have. A couple beaters and 
a couple control pieces and then have Kingpin and Modoc as core affiliation members. And you have to sit there and go, which way are they going? Yeah. Um, Cause Modoc can beat and control. So he, he, he's just straight up built to do whatever you want him to do. So like having Modoc as a, functional piece of that affiliation that can lean either way gives you so much flexibility in the rest of that roster. Which is crazy scary. because in any affiliation, you're thinking, do I have five points to put Modoc in here? Because Modoc's yeah. so good. And I, now I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know who also flexes really well in the syndicate is Taskmaster. Absolutely. Yeah, Todd and I were talking. We uh, are excited and we haven't talked about the characters yet. We've only talked about the tactics. So that'll have to be another episode, but the characters are also pretty dang sweet. Yeah. 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 That, that was the funny thing. That, that, not to get off topic, but that was definitely one of the things we were talking about was we just spent almost two hours here talking about the cards that come with the characters and didn't even mention the fucking characters. Yeah. Um, like, that's crazy. Like, that, I don't think we've ever had a show where we were just like, Dude, I'm super hyped about all of these tactics cards. Like we might have been we, able to do a 30 a minute show on med pack. Rocket boots. <laughs> you know what I'm we, we talked about we talked about rocket boots a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, we talk about it, but like we talk about it almost in a uh, hey, you know what you could do. You know, here, hold Play my beer. Boots. I got an idea. <laughs> but but this is the first time that we talk about tactics cards to the point where we're like. Shit, how many of these are we gonna take? Like, yeah, but and I mean, going back to the question, it, it also means that criminal syndicate means maybe we get away from dual affiliation yeah. a little bit. I, I think my first list with criminal syndicate will be a solo affiliation. Um, so I don't know if that exactly answers your question, um, but I think right now competitively, yes, you want to have two affiliations going forward after this week's releases. It's viable that you could run one and be comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very timely question, and I'm glad it was posed to the team. All right, next query is from the Wargaming Dad. What characters do you always play with their specific team tactic cards, and which ones do you think are a trap, i.e. Killmonger with Usurp the Throne? So, short answer, spiders and all webbed up. Oh, wait, no, no, you also do Hulk and Gamma Eat. Yeah, but that's not his affiliation card. It's a Hulk uh, card? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a Hulk card, right? But I... I and yes, all right, I'll give you that one. Yeah, Hulk, I, that one feels, that one can also feel like a trap, like the Killmonger card. Because unless it's played right, like you're going to, you're going to leave something hanging out. So like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like you might get something stuck in a zipper. Like it's going to hurt. <laughs> Why? 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 I'm just saying, like, no, stop. Must uh, unsee. <laughs> As far as uh, affiliations, I mean, I always play Wakanda forever if I'm playing Wakanda. Yep. I always play Odin's Blessing if I'm playing Asgard. Mm -hmm. And I always yep. play mm -hmm. Mothership if I'm playing Black Order. And Cosmic Invigor, Dark Rain yep. with Cabal. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, and I actually like, uh, oh man, I can't think of the name of the card now. That one that Black Order that I've been playing. One Execute? Uh, no. Um, Blood Despair. Blood Despair. So yeah, there's definitely affiliation. Uh, I don't know about specific characters. I mean, I really when the core set was out, I really played a lot with um, oh, what's the name of it? The beam. Yeah, that's stupid. Ricochet blast. Yeah, that's just. I liked ricochet blast. I'm sorry. No, well, but that came out in the core kit. We're past. That. I know we're past that now. I don't think I play any other character specific ones. I do play well laid plans if I have Doc and Goblin. Yeah. But I don't know that I use any other character-specific ones. Yeah, Gam uh, I will say Gamma Launch, I do always play with Hulk, though. That is, that's probably a good... 
I'm always looking for opportunities to play well eight plants. I think that card's legit. All right, I I have a great polarizing card and a character that we can talk about for a hot moment. Blood red and personal. We just had this spoiled by AMG. We were talking about it. So during the power phase, an allied Punisher may spend four power to play this card. Uh, each time an enemy character is KO'd this round, this character, uh, controlling character player gets one VP. So we were talking about, is Blood Red and Personal with Punisher better than Usurp the Throne? And people consider Usurp to be a trap. Do you think Blood Red is a trap for when Punisher, because Punisher's coming out this week with that card as well. So I feel that yes and no. Oh. Um, so like the trick with that card is it require it wants you to daze or KO. That's just, uh, right. It no, wants no, no, KO, no, no, no. Right? It's flat Blood, KO. Blood flat red KO. wants KO. All right. Only KO. No days. All right. So that's going to make it one harder to pull off mm-hmm. and, and one harder to make it more valuable and score multiple points because you're going to have to have multiple characters dazed, which means they're going to have a lot of power to put back in your ass. Um, so that one's going to be, I think that one is a trap. Um, but in certain lists, I can see it doing some disgusting things like Punisher with Black Order with Proxima and Corvus and a Reality Gem. Ouch. Yeah. Like, I can see them doing some gross stuff with it. Well, yeah, what, what was that about with spreading Thanos the symbiote? front side affiliation power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's... <laughs> I don't like it as much as a Serp, and I know that a Serp is specific to Killmonger, but it gives two VP, and it gives it on days or KO. And it's, yeah. You're always going to be able to line it up, whereas Blood Red, you may miss. It also gives you extra dice. Also extra dice, yep. So And it's against the highest value target, too. So you're, you're accomplishing multiple objectives with that, right? You're going for the high value target, which we know is important. Um, in some cases, you get to choose which high value target if they're the same threat level. Yeah. Versus Blood Red, which is going to be kind of a, I hope I hit these KOs. And yeah. if I don't, it did nothing for me. Yeah. And and there's no bonus benefit to it where Usurp gives you a couple of dice. Well, in Ur- Usurp, I think you're playing mostly to kill the high value target. I think the VP is just like a cherry on top. Yeah. Versus Blood Red, where that's all it's good for is that. And it doesn't add anything to it. It's just like incidentally, oh, I got a KO. I get one point. Yeah. And KOs are hard to get, man. Yeah. Like, if if we could KO people at will, you'd just run lists that could uh, dice a whole roster. Yeah. You know? And, well, and, and that's, that's pretty rare. That's actually the, a good point. Um, so not only are you hoping that you days or KO, or not only are you hoping that you KO that character, you're hoping your dice were good enough to get you to the point to right. make that card worth at least one or two victory points. And at the point you're playing it where somebody might have a couple characters in KO range, you're probably fucked up too. Yeah. Like, are you going to be able to pull that off? Yeah. Who's left? Punisher's yeah. got to be up for you to be able to even play the card in the first place. Yeah. Like, is he going to be able to finish off two or three characters? Do you have enough team members left to finish off two or three characters? Or is it just Punisher Is out it there, just like- Punisher trying to solo the team? Like, I respect that. <laughs> but I don't know that that's going to work for you very often. <laughs> Unless you just warzone the entire board. <laughs> right. Blow everything up. Wait, is everything size two? Sweet. Here Sweet. we go. Here we go. Yeah. Car well, for He blows up things size three or less. Yeah, well, I mean, that. Uh, yeah, it's still... <laughs> So, so here's my proposition. How do you feel that Punisher Bomb works in conjunction with Blood Red? Uh, so, if, again, if you I mean, set it up if you, one if you use it on somebody's flip side. That's about it. Yeah. And what's the cost on the seeing uh, the Blood Red? Four. 
Uh, yeah, it's not going to work with a Punisher yeah. bomb. That's just too much power. You're looking at eight off the get. Well, it's an allied Punisher, right? So you can pay it on somebody else. Oh, is that true? All right, so the card states, during the power phase, an allied Punisher may spend four. So Punisher allied has to have Punisher it on him. Punisher has to spend four. So he's yeah. got to spend four for that and three for Doomed. He's got to spend seven and then... he's got to have for all you got. Yeah, he's got to get four more for all you've got. Yeah, I know. But, but he can do it because every time he shoots, he gets one guaranteed. He's got to have four to start with. That's true. He does. Generate four and then... No, he's got to have seven to start with. Seven, yeah. Because yeah. Doom Prophecy is also during the power phase. <laughs> so it's definitely not working in a Punisher bomb. <laughs> It would well, be. He doesn't have to be healthy. He can be a couple, and, and I think it's only worth paying four power if you're going to get two. I mean, so if it's going into the final round and it's 15 14, and I'm like, I can kill this dude and win the game right here. Like, that seems pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, that feels like a real niche scenario. So I, I don't know. Man, I don't think I take I don't it. Know. I don't. That, that seems like one in every 50 games, maybe. If you're, if you're only behind by one. I, maybe if you're playing Punisher in a Guardians list, so you could just pitch it for waiting <laughs> tokens <laughs> in case you never line up the fucking. <laughs> you know what? This Doom prophecy, all you got blood red combos not going off. I guess I'll just Doom prophecy and all you got. And listen, like I said, I respect the attempt to have Punisher kill the whole team. <laughs> Oh, that man. feels like a very Punisher move. You should do that. That's a role play move. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know that it's working out. You should try it. Uh, I'll try it. We only need advanced R and D because you're probably going to need power. <laughs> well, I'll just I'll bring Winter Soldier so I can R and D power right. from him. The Punisher. <laughs> All right. Our last question for this podcast comes from Zane sixty Defenders Death Star setups. What is the best place for Strange? Outside of Defenders, specifically address if Hulk raises stock in the Defenders, question mark. Uh, uh, so a, a twofold question here. Where does Strange fit out of affiliation? We actually got another question from Utility Cookie saying the exact same thing. He goes, Strange in Wakanda? How broken is it? So these <laughs> two kind of pair well together. And then uh, point two, does Hulk raise the stock of Defenders? So let's talk about Strange first. Okay. What do you think? So, I think you should go ahead because you played this. Um, so I, I've been off my Avengers kick for a while. Um, what? But, Where's yeah, Todd? Where? Todd is a scroll. Kill him. Wait a second. But I did play the Avengers with Strange. Um, which which felt pretty good. So uh, Todd and I tested this. I was playing Black Order, Corvus Reality, Proxima, Thanos, and <laughs> who was the third and fourth one? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't remember. Valkyrie. We'll say Winter yeah, Soldier. Yeah, it was Valkyrie. Um, and uh, I attacked into the strange Wong Captain America bubble <laughs> to see if I could break it, right? <laughs> I love what you call it the strange Wong. <laughs> so I will just say I probably put 20 to 25 damage into the bubble. Yeah. On turn two, by turn two? By turn two. He dazed Proxima on turn one with Cap, which was an anomaly. But still, I put 20 to 25 damage into the bubble by turn two, and they had no damage on, or maybe like two on Cap. I think there was two on Cap and one on Strange. And he had to use a med pack, and he had to heal with Strange and all this stuff. But the bubble is very, very potent if you can hold it in Avengers because you're reducing the power cost of Bodyguard. You're reducing the power cost of Strange's Strange's dice, dice, you know, and it's stupid for Cap to be rolling, you know, eight eight physical defense anyway. Yeah. That that felt good. But as soon as the bubble got split, it was over. Yeah. Yeah. It it felt really fun while it was working. But as soon as you have to actually go get points, you're like, uh uh-oh. 
Yeah. I got to move these three people as a unit. And if yeah. they ever deviate from the three range, one yep. of them is dead. Yep. That that's And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, it, it was really good while I was able to keep it together, but it, it just didn't. Uh, the bubble popped. Yeah. So, um, so that, that, that was actually an interesting test. Like it was a stress test. I think they held up really well, but the bubble is definitely difficult to play. It's like the rocket and group problem, but you add another variable in because you need to drag yeah. Wong around with you. Like Wong should be able to ride strange. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. He should be able to just hold the cape and fly like the, Yeah, the cape should just be able to make a saddle for Wong, and then he can ride around on his back. <laughs> Grab onto one of the rings and yeah. just wing you away. You see like Wong jump on strange and grab him, and strange like grabs his legs like a dad and his kid. It's like, all right, it's the strange Wong combo. Woo! I feel like the Mary Poppins with the umbrella, and he's just holding Wong. So strange and Avengers feel pretty good. Um, we did, I did have some fun playing strange with Gamora, um, for, um, what affiliation that was in, that was defenders, but it could easily be either guardians or black order because you're trying to take advantage of, um, of the dice. What's the name of that maneuver? Uh, the, uh, martial prowess, martial prowess. Cause you can add two dice to that. So you're rolling seven dice for defense, and then if they, you don't take damage, they take two. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty um, funny. Proxima and Gamora are the two characters with it, so that's a little janky. I don't know if that uh, that would count for this conversation, but it's something that we tried. Strange is weird, man. Yeah, I, I don't know where he fits best. Yeah, I haven't I haven't tried him with Wakanda. I'd love to see what you've done with him. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Um, I I feel like. In my interactions with Strange, I just tried to like tie him up. Like that's that's what I do. I just try and keep him busy somewhere and not yeah. feed him. I just don't like bubble characters. I don't like having to attach two characters to play, which is also I don't know if that's a detriment to me or not because I also don't like playing bodyguard for that same reason. It, I I don't like that you have to move them in tandem. Yeah, and one is always going to be behind the other. It just it, it feels too clunky for me. Yeah. So, so Strange's whole deal is kind of antithetical to the way that I like to play because I like to play a little spread with range characters, etc. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I the Death Star is definitely a thing that can happen. I feel like it's better as a tanky Death Star than a run out and dome someone. Like, yeah. I, I never felt like I was going to actually dome you that game. I just felt like I was going to absorb damage, redirect damage, absorb damage, heal some damage, shoot you in the face a little bit. And then move along. Yeah. I I feel like Avengers, we've tested. We know that it can work with specific objectives like alien ship where you get to hold that three or that two VP in a a bubble. So C or E, right? Like where where you're running either in a line either way and it's kind of centrally focused. It feels pretty good there. Um, I just hate those point totals. Yeah. I want to see it with Wakanda. I do want to see it with Wakanda. All right. So the second question or the second point to the question, does Hulk raise the stock of defenders? Thoughts? I played that matchup once, and I just ignored Hulk. I didn't do a single damage to him and killed the rest of the team. So I, I think Hulk benefits more from Avengers than defenders, um, personally. I, I think he gets a higher value from the discount than he does from the, I'm going to change what attack type I have. Because if you're changing his attack type, you're losing out on his other abilities, like Gamma Leap. Um, because Gamma Leap costs three, and Hulk has no power generators. Yeah. So, like, you're you're gonna lose out on something with him. 
um, unless they're attacking into him, which means they're probably doing it wrong. And I almost think he's too expensive for defenders because you, you think that he the can, core of that is Strange Wong with a gem. Well, he can definitely do work in in defenders. Um, Joey does play quite a bit with him, and he he's fairly successful I with mean, him. That's eight plus it was 14 eight. points. He's on. running – well, so he's running um, Strange, Hulk. Um, is he Hawk, doing some 15-point, Jane? Hawkeye, yeah, he's doing a 15 – that's yeah. one of his Wakanda lists. Ah, um, where he's gamma launching Hawkeye, and Hawkeye's yeah. like, no, that, that's not dance. Wakanda. That's defenders. Know. Yeah, that's that's a uh, well. He's asking about Hulk. He was with saying defenders. Wakanda herb, so he's using Hawkeye's hook arrow to yeah, Wakanda herb to Wakanda herb. Oh, okay, I got you, I got you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that Hulk stock goes up. It, it might with uh, extreme conditioning. Uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right, and here's my last question for you guys because this is the perfect segue to wrap up the show. Uh, Doctor Strange or Criminal Syndicate as a healing bubble? Who the hell's healing? Strange? Strange? I'd rather have Wong, and he's only two points. Okay. Yeah, I don't really like bubbles anyway. And he counts as two characters for contesting. I know, points. it's so good. Like, that's dumb. Like, Wong's going to double move and uh, contest that point and steal it from you. And if yep. I have to try to wedge a five-point character in a criminal syndicate, it's Modoc. Well, you don't have to wedge him in because he's part of well, it. Well, you know he's what I mean. If you, if you have five points, are you going to put Strange or Modoc in there? I'm going to put Modoc. Yeah. Yeah, but can you can you imagine a Strange with a gem? So that's six, Modoc, and Kingpin at 15. No. No. Okay. No. I mean, I can imagine it. I don't know that I want to play it. I, I think that's pretty gross. I mean, I don't think so. Like, you're a control player, so you, why would that be gross? You'd be like, oh, oh you I mean, three, okay. I got five. Yeah, but they count so, as two, but there's only three characters, so yeah. they just get moved off. I mean, I, I wouldn't play as a control player, but uh, you can have Doctor Strange roam with MODOK, and MODOK will just never die, and then MODOK does MODOK things. Oh, no, I mean, I... MODOK I can, doesn't die anyway, though. Yeah, MODOK, like, all he needs is a patch up and a med pack, and he's he's fine. Which is Doctor Strange on a stick. Sure. And Doctor Strange power. can move. It might let you carry some more of those sweet, sweet tactics cards. Yeah. Whoa, can you imagine if Strange can move long? Oh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the new. He'd be good with hammers. <laughs> yeah, that's the new one. That's the new one. But what, what if he could move long? What if he could move long? What if he could Once. move long? What if he could have a hammer what if you could move along, grab a hammer, and pass it around to someone? Ooh. <sighs> Whatever. All right. So that is the end of our Criminal Syndicate episode. And boy, that was a lot of fun. Thank you guys so very much. All right. Time for Shameless Shilling. So check us out on Facebook. We have a Discord. We have a YouTube channel. We have been blitzing articles because there has been so much content coming out from AMG. We're like a podcast network now. I know. It's kind of cool. A podcast network. It's pretty fun. It's all going to Todd's head. Not mine. <laughs> Somebody stop him. That's the oh. alcohol. Oh, oh, no. I was like, uh, don't don't let Todd's ego get in. Wait, we bigger. did two hours on the criminal syndicate. Does that mean we're members now? Uh, oh, yeah. Sure. I'm down. I'm in. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm, I'm going to totally play criminal in. syndicate, so I'm fine with this. Here, Todd, pay me some power. I'll pass you a token in the form of a beer. <laughs> oh, yeah? Sweet Jesus. Is that an this asset is, token? This is the best deal ever. <laughs> It's an asset till it's all gone. It's, it's all going civilian. according to plan. See what I did there? <laughs> oh. Please stop us, Suggy. Stop all right, all right. I'm wrapping up the show. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It has been I, a blast. I got one. I, hang, on, I got one thing I want to add. Okay, it's not about Pornhub. Oh, okay. It's not. It's not about Pornhub. Mike's channel's really taking off, though. It is. He's got like two million followers. You guys should look him up. Donkey shows. It's Furry Mike no. Campbell no. at Pornhub.com. No, no. All right, all right. So what I'm actually kind of wanted to plug is. 
all of Sugi's work he's done with our TTS stream. Um, I don't think uh, we haven't mentioned it yet. I don't think you guys have seen it yet, what he's actually done with it. Uh, hopefully we'll get some videos out this week with the overlay that he's built. This thing is fucking amazing. Uh, it's really cool. I think it'll really help everybody's appreciation for what they're actually watching. It'll give you better value into what you're watching. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting to play with it and having him run that thing over top of me because I don't know if I could run it by myself. But, definitely for advanced users only, which you are not. Well, I am not an advanced <laughs> user. So, so, he, so he clearly is an advanced user. Um, so he is our uh, Oklahoman Modoc over there. Well, yeah, yeah. He's I sitting in his hovering wait. chair just typing away at the keyboard and making this shit happen. No, Every now and then he just utters a yes. <laughs> <laughs> but Please no, don't like, do that. Yeah, but like he has done he's done a extreme amount of work in the past week building this thing and – I'm super excited for you guys to see it once we finally get to get some games recorded with it. Hopefully, we can get one or two this week, um, and and you guys can check it out. I think it'll make watching TTS streams a lot more interesting and give you the information that you're looking for without having to wait for somebody to scroll over it. And, hey, please let us know if there's something that you would like to see with the YouTube videos, too, because right now we're just kind of dumping them out there. Um we have one coming out with commentary here soon. We're going to start having the overlay on our games at least. If there's anything you want to see, if you need more information, let us know because we're, we're trying to make that thing a good resource for people. Lots of live games. Yeah, I, I think um, once people see this and, and they see what's been done, personally for me, seeing what he's done, like I think it's a game changer for watching TTS streams. Yeah. Uh, I really do. So, like, Sugi, hats off to you, man. You did hella hella good work this week oh thanks guys you're so kind no, no pressure to perform yes. now yeah now yes. you just gotta carry it out <laughs> alright it's Tom Brady time and with that we are running out of here so thank you everybody for joining us thank you for Wait, listening what? was that Was that an insult or was I, don't, that I don't understand that reference uh, we're getting on out of here we'll see you next time and as always <laughs> Excelsior Excelsior